Hello and welcome to the Carers Link Lowdown, a podcast of unpaid carers in Eastern Berkshire. My name is Katie and I'm your host for today. And today I am joined by Katrina, who is going to become a co-host with me. So welcome, Katrina. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, do you want to tell us very quickly what your role is within Carers Link? Sure. Um, I am a carer support worker. I work on the adult team and my the focus of my role is breaks for carers. So how to access respite um, support to do that and um, our carer groups as well, as well as the short breaks, respitality and any under short any other short breaks funding that we can get hold of. So the respite bit is, is very topical for, for today's uh, subject because today we're going to be talking about the National Care Service. Um, and we're also joined by Shabana, who is from the Coalition of Carers in Scotland. Um, Shabana, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Hi, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to another one of your brilliant podcasts. So, uh, yes, I'm Shabana. I, uh, as Katie said, I'm the Partnership Development Officer at the Coalition of Carers in Scotland. Um, in the context of the, the National Care Service and some of the stuff we'll be talking about today, I guess it's probably also relevant to say that I also sit on the the Social Covenant Steering Group as one of the members of uh, with lived experience. So this is a group that was uh, convened by the Scottish Government. Um, there's about a dozen of us all with lived experience of social care, either as people with, um, with, with support needs or unpaid carers. And we will be um, informing um, and overseeing some of the developments of the National Care Service as it progresses. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shavanna. So I think the first thing possibly to clarify for people is what what, it, what are we talking about when we talk about the National Care Service? What's, what's it about? What's it about? So I, I guess it's useful to perhaps give a little bit of context as to um, how and why we've got to this stage. So um, folk may remember or may not remember, but uh, the Scottish Government last year um, put together, uh, carried out an independent review of adult social care um, and over a thousand people uh, contributed to that, many of them uh, unpaid carers as well. So the main point of that review was to consider how adult social care could be improved uh, for those who use it and how it could be improved for unpaid carers and also for the workforce. There were a number of failings in social care during the pandemic, as I guess we all know, and most of those failings predated the pandemic and required some real urgent attention even before COVID came along. So the Independent Review of Adult Social Care, um, they reported back in February, uh, published their findings and made 53 recommendations around how to better support people with social care needs and unpaid carers. One of the key recommendations in that report was essentially um, around redesigning the system, um, which included the um, development of a national care service, hence why we are where we are right now. So we're currently looking at the development of a national care service um, and uh, the government are consulting on what that might look like. And it's quite, as, as um, you'll probably gather, for those of you who've read it or had a look at it, it's quite an extensive piece of consultation um, looking into almost every aspect of what a national care service could and should look like. Yes, it is. It's, it's quite a long document. I think 
you know, for today, we're, we're going to concentrate on, on the bits that are relevant to carers, but we will put links um, in if anyone wants to go and read the whole document. Um, the, the other thing that I was thinking, you know, we, we talk about social care, and I think it probably means different things to different people. So what kind of things are, are covered under social care in, in, in respect to this consultation? So, um, so I, I guess it's coming back to, I, I, it's, I'm not always entirely sure that people understand what social care is. And I think sometimes there is an assumption that social care is very much about uh, care homes and uh, older people. And unfortunately, that seems to be the view that's perpetuated by the media and sometimes also by some politicians. But of course, um, for those of us living it and, and working within it, we know social care is far is, is much bigger than that. And, you know, in terms of when people say, what is social care? Um, well, it's certainly not a service. Um, I guess it's easier to describe it as an approach or a vehicle um, which enables people who have support needs to access the same opportunities as anyone else. So anything that allows that to happen is effectively social care. Um, People with long-term conditions, uh, people with disabilities should be able to have the same opportunities to, for example, access uh, leisure opportunities, uh, to be able to access good health and well-being, to be able to access their local communities, to be able to access educational opportunities, employment opportunities, to be able to travel and use local transport and so on. So social care support should allow them to be able to do all of that, um, it should enable, um, you know, as, as the consultation and, and uh, the independent review of adult social care stated, social care should enable people to, um, to, to thrive and not just survive. I think that's a, that's a really good definition, I think, about taking away the barriers and, the, and all the different supports that are, are out there that, so not just people, but services and things like that, that just take those barriers away and, and enable the people to just take part in society as the rest of us take for granted, I suppose. Is the, is the part yeah, of and just to just to emphasise, Katie, you know, sometimes it's 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 certainly not always about the services. You know, it's about you know taking it right back and thinking what is it that would enable this person to achieve their outcomes, to be able to achieve the things that everybody else is able to do. And, and then putting the support in place. Sometimes that might be a service. Sometimes, you know, it might be a piece of equipment and, and sometimes it might just be something completely, completely different that nobody had even considered before. But whatever that resource or whatever that thing is, is, um, you know, is a legitimate use of, of delivering social care. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a really, yeah, I, I really appreciate that definition. I've, I have to say, I've never really thought of it that way. I've never really thought about what social care is, to be honest. So it's really good. <laughs> I just assume I know what it is. I don't all the time, do I? So, <laughs> so in terms of, of the National Care Service, I think the, the, the clue is in the name. It's, it's been called a National Care Service, which is not how care services have been delivered. Um, well, yeah, up to this point, they've been devolved to the local authorities. So um, why why do you think this, the Scottish government's decided that it, it should take our responsibility for delivering social care? Um, a simple answer to that is um, because the current way of doing things just isn't working. It's not working for disabled people. It's not working for supported people. It's not working for unpaid carers. Um, in terms of 
the key thing that will be different. Um, so at the moment, uh, you know, I guess to, to, to paint quite a simple picture, at the moment, local authorities have responsibility for um, for social care um, across the country. Um, and the key change being proposed here is that social care will become the responsibility of uh, the Scottish government. So uh, there'll be an actual Scottish minister um, who will have responsibility, um, you know, in terms of social care. And that... Um, that's never happened before, you know, so, you know, the thing about having national accountability has never been there before. You know, if we think about um, health for a moment here, so if something goes wrong in health, the cabinet secretary is held to account often quite publicly. Um, but, you know, there's there's that level of national accountability there. Um, there is certainly not the same level of scrutiny when it comes to social care. Um, when legislation is passed, um, you know, for example, self-directed support, the Carers Act, you know, it's um, it's then not always implemented in the way that it was intended by local authorities. And then no one, not, no, nobody is held accountable for that. Um, you know, and we've seen this time and time again with various species, pieces of policy and, and legislation. So this is, I guess, in response to that, because one of the biggest things that came out of the independent review of um, adult social care was the lack of accountability. Um, you know, because people were saying time and time again, what is the point of introducing policy and legislation? What is the point of carers having rights when um, when they're not being implemented? So this will allow, or it's intended to allow a level of accountability and scrutiny that I guess we've never really had in social care before. And I suppose as a result of that, that it will be services will be the same across the country, whereas we know that at the moment there are things that happen in some local authority areas and they're different in other local authority areas. So, yeah, I guess um, you know it's 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 a bit of a, an unknown in some ways, isn't it? Because um, and and I guess that is that that, that concerns a few people because you know we're heading into unknown territory, um, but. Uh, you know, at the same time, you know, we talk about it'll be the same services and we have to be careful about how we phrase that because it won't necessarily about being same services. Because, again, if you think about how health boards are, are delivering services, you don't necessarily get the same service in every health board, but you um, expect the same level of, of quality of care, if, if that makes sense, you know, so the, the services that you, in terms of social care, the services that you will likely have at, at local level, and I would hope that it goes down this route, is thinking about what matters in each local authority. So, for example, you know, thinking about the makeup of that particular uh, region, um, you know, thinking about, you know, what are the what are the the big issues within that region that really matter, you know, and bringing those services in, or you know, and they may not be relevant in another part of the country, but there certainly might be of more relevance in in that part of the country. So, so not necessarily the same services, I would say, but certainly. Um, a, a same level of quality across the country. Yeah, I think that's that's really important because I think a lot of people will be concerned because you're right that what people need in different geographical areas does vary. So mm -hmm. there, there needs to be the flexibility to to, to deliver yeah. to, to the people. And I think, um, Katie, it's probably important to just say that although um, you know, 
although the consultation might not be explicit in stating things like this, it's so important that, um, you know, organisations like ourselves and yourselves and carers themselves um, feed that back into the consultation, you know, because it's important for them to, to hear this uh, directly from carers themselves and for organi from, from organisations that, um, you know, when we're talking about um, equity across uh, different areas in Scotland, we're not necessarily talking about the same services. You know, we want we want the same quality of service, but perhaps not the same services. So, you know, if that is if that is a concern for people, please do feed that in and and explain what it is that you think it should look like and what it will mean for you. Um, and we're going to get go on to kind of talking more about how people can get involved in the consultation at the end. But you know, I think it is important to say to people there is a consultation going on, and we really do want you. That's why we're doing this podcast to give you a basis of, of information to actually use to actually take part in the consultation. Um, so one of, I suppose one of the other things we've talked about adult carers, um, but what about young carers as well? Are they going to be affected in any way by, by this proposal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess in a number of ways. And again, it's another one of those things, Katie, which I, I, I guess isn't stated explicitly within the consultation, but all of the proposals in there will impact young carers just as much as it will impact adult carers because the National Care Service will be for all carers, okay, regardless of their age. It will include, and although it's probably important to highlight that although the initial um, review that was carried out, um, which recommended the National Care Service, was very much about focusing on adult social care, the 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 scope of the National Care Service in this consultation has gone beyond that and is actually uh, recommending or proposing that the National Care Service isn't just about adult social care, but it's also about children services as well. So um, on a number of accounts there, so young carers as carers of adults um, obviously will be impacted by the proposals in here. Young carers as young people themselves will be impacted in the sense that um, any support for them will also become the responsibility um, or will come under the umbrella of the National Care Service. What that will look like in practice, again, I would say, you know, we're still unclear on the details. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's an opportunity for particularly young carers and services that are supporting young carers to almost, again, feed, that, feed, feed into the consultation at this stage and almost... Um, you know, give them a bit of a roadmap as to what you think, um, you know, a national care service for young people could and should look like. You know, let's, um, you know, let, let's inform it at this stage, because as I said, there's a lot of unknowns and there is a worry that, you know, if people don't say now what they would like it to look like, um, unfortunately, the only voices we'll hear are, are the voices that we always hear, um, you know, and, and not hearing the voices of people with actual lived experience, young people in particular, you know, I know it's so hard to engage them in something that sounds so dull, you know, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I cannot stress how, how important it is that we do hear somehow from young people. And I say that as a, as a mum of two young people and, um, you know, my older boy is, I guess, a young carer himself. And um, I still haven't figured out how to make this consultation document exciting for him, you know, um, how to engage him in the process. So, you know, 
<laughs> it's it's a tough job, um, but I think it's so vital. It's so important, you know. So if you if you are a young carer listening to this, um, or or, or a service supporting young carers, um, you know, please do feed into this, um, however which way you can, and we will talk about some of those ways in a bit. Yeah. So there's a there's a challenge out there to particularly the the young carer support services, um, to to make it make a boring document <laughs> fun. <laughs> Not, not. I'm not saying the stuff in it's not useful, in it, but but and if anyone who's presented with a however many page document, that's a kind of a switch off for many people. So um, once they've um, once they figured out how to do that, can they let me know so that I can try it out in my child as well? <laughs> so. so I think I'll hand over to Katrina now because um, one of the, the aspects in in the consultation is respite for carers. So Katrina, do you want to? Yeah. So from the boring to the complicated. <laughs> Um, one of the proposals in the, the consultation is the right to a break for, from caring. And I think carers often find respite a really complicated matter and maybe not quite understand what exactly it involves and the term can alienate some people. So could you say a bit about what respite is and why it's so important? Um, I will try my best, Katrina, but as you said, it, it is quite complex because it means very different things to different people. So um, I guess so. the term being used in the consultation document is respite, which many of us um, who, who are carers or who work with carers, it's not generally a term that we tend to use very often now. We tend to talk more about a short break or, or a break from caring. So I guess just a, a sort of slight side note, when, when the consultation is referring to a right to respite, um, just think of it as a, you know, as a right to a short break or a right to a break from caring. So in terms of what does that mean? So um, I guess the, 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 the duration of a, of a break from caring can vary from anything from a few hours to a week or more. Um, a short break or a break from caring can involve a number of things, including um, having support at home. Um, it can include uh, visits to a day service or a residential setting for the person that you are caring for. It can include a, a holiday break for either the carer on their own or with the person um, that you're caring for. It can include include um, support for the person that you're caring for to replace the support that you would normally provide to enable you to, to have a, a, an actual breakaway. Um, it can also include support um, for you as a carer to achieve things that matter to you. Um, so for example, you know, if, if it's if that might be for you to participate in a in a in a sport or, or a hobby um, or, or just seeing your friends. So it's it's a whole range of things and, and it sometimes it can be um it's almost like you know we're better off almost not defining it too much because a break from caring can can look like and and seem very different for different carers depending on their circumstances. So given that that high level of personalization which is so important because we all enjoy doing different things for a for a break and that's the same whether whether you're caring or whether it's just a break from work. Um, so does the consultation talk at all about the different types of breaks or is it much more general? in terms of what it mentions? Yeah, I mean, it tries to give a few examples, some of the ones I, I just sort of listed there. So it tries to explain what respite might look like in terms of what it's asking of people in the consultation. It's basically asking um, 
who who should be entitled to this respite you know and I, I'm just going I'm going to use the word respite only because that's the word that they use in the consultation but again as I said when I say respite uh, think of it as short breaks or a break from caring so the kind of questions that they're asking in the consultation is who you know who should be entitled to respite should it be all carers or should it just be carers who have a, have a, a more intensive caring role um how much respite um, should be offered you know should should it be a set amount um, or should it be um, varied depending on the needs of a carer and and how should it be offered what what in fact does a right to respite even look like you know is it about giving carers a set amount a, a, a set budget um, to be able to identify breaks for themselves or should it be about allocating a, a set number of hours um, or weeks for example um, I'm mean, just following on from that. We uh, last week did uh, a really short survey with carers across Scotland where we asked those very questions because, as I said, you know, for somebody who's responding to a consultation, the questions about respite are kind of tucked away in the middle of that consultation somewhere. So, you know, unless you know where you're looking, you might miss them. So we actually took some of the questions out of that consultation and created our own mini consultation um, really short. I think it took on average about less than three minutes for carers to complete. Um, and if it's useful, I can, because um, just before, uh, you know, I came on this call, I had a quick look to see how carers in Eastern Bartonshire um, responded to these uh, respite. Um, so I can give you an exclusive, literally. Um, yes, please. So you actually had, um, so around, there were 61 carers across Eastern Bartonshire who responded, which is actually really good. It's a, it's a really um, great number of, of carers who responded uh, to that survey on respite. We had, um, so the question on who should, um, who should be offered respite, um, 64% of carers in Eastern Bartonshire said that all carers should have this right to respite, with 25% of them saying that only carers with a more intensive caring role should be offered. So that in itself is interesting. I mean, that, and that is the kind of trend that we're seeing um, across Scotland as well. So when we're talking about a right to respite, we're talking about all carers. It doesn't matter if you're only um, caring for a few hours or if your caring role isn't intensive, every carer should have some right to respite. We then asked the question about how should that respite um, be decided? You know, that thing about should it, um, should all carers have the same level of respite or should some have more than others? Um, 44% of the carers in Eastern Bartonshire said that all carers should have a minimum entitlement um, and then carers who have a more intensive caring role should have some additional um, amount according to need. So that was the most popular response to that. Um, in terms of... Um, how should it be offered? You know, should it be a number of hours or should it be a set budget? We saw a much more mixed picture. So out of the 61 who responded, a quarter of them said it should be a payment that was made to carers. 18% um, of them said it should be an allocation of respite hours. And 20% of them said it should be an allocation of uh, respite weeks. And 23% said that they weren't sure. Um, and, and that's interesting because we, I guess we don't have enough detail, but it, it kind of shows that, you know, when it comes to 
so we so so there's an acknowledgement that um, you know all carers should have a minimum level of respite with uh, you know a, an understanding that those who have a more intensive role should perhaps have a little bit more but what that should look like in practice the fact that it's so varied probably suggests that we when we're talking about what it looks like in practice we need to think about a much mixed approach you know we need to almost give carers that choice you know rather than dictating that it can only be hours or it can only be a budget you know or it can only be whatever um we need to give carers that choice and say what would you like do you know you you know you can either have x amount of hours or you can have an x amount of money but the choice is yours to decide and i do wonder whether that might be one of the um conclusions that we draw um, when we um, feed back into the consultation as well because actually it's hard for carers and actually in reality it might I mean as, as a carer you know I might decide that um, you know for the next few months I would rather have a budget um, but at some point I might decide that hours are better for me um, you know particularly if it's specialised respite care so you know to give the choice and power back to carers is surely what the whole point of this national care service is. Absolutely. No no two caters are the same. Yeah. Caters are people like everyone else. And I think that really follows in the fact that caters can agree they need respite, but as many different caters are going to have as many different interpretations of what a break means to them and how best to achieve that. So yeah, I hope that the final consultation does reflect that, that need for flexibility for people to, to be able to do their own thing. Um, and one of the things that we hear quite often is that even when carers have been given um, an allocation of hours or um, funding um, that they can put towards hours, is that there's a lack of um, services to provide that, a lack of daycare places, a lack of qualified um, carers available to, to provide that, that replacement care. Um, is that mentioned at all in the consultation, the need to increase provision um, to allow carers to even access that respite? Again, um, maybe not explicitly, but it's something that all of us should be mentioning in our responses to the consultation. It's something that we have raised previously with, you know, with various um, teams within the Scottish Government and probably more so now, particularly as we are now living with the the consequences of living with the virus. Um, you know, we are seeing a huge number of people, you know, being offered, um, you know, sh short break opportunities. But the whole point, exactly as you said, Katrina, there, that there's nowhere to go. Um, there's no replacement care available, um, you know, and, and I was really glad to, you know, as I said, I had a quick glance at the responses that we got to a right to respite survey. And I was glad to see so many carers mentioned that particular issue and the responses to the consultation you know so this is something that we will certainly be reiterating in our response um to the consultation we can't just talk about a right to respite without also addressing the lack of suitable provisions and supports in place for the people that we care for you know you cannot do one without the other it needs to be both thanks for that shabana i think all the carers that we speak to would would agree with that yeah that it has to be it has to be everything it can't just be a few bits and hopefully they you know we'll, we'll have given them the thoughts from if they listen to this podcast they'll have thought now when they respond that 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 uh, include all of those comments and thank you for the exclusive shabana that's really yeah. quite exciting <laughs> your um your, your boss was asking me for these figures so oh. um yeah you can just <laughs> you can direct her to the podcast now <laughs> 
Actually, it's got because I do a, a, an e-bulletin every week, and last week I put the the survey in it, and I noticed there were forty four clicks from it to the to the the survey. So hopefully that was people. Thank you. I, you. I, I do. Um, yeah, because we, we saw a huge uptake in quite a few of the areas. And I did wonder, um, you know, I saw as I was quietly sort of thinking um, I bet you it's people like yourself, Katie, who've been sending those emails around to all the carers. So thank you so much for doing that. It's um, I mean, obviously, it's great that we've had such a great response from Eastern Barnshire. But, it, we, you know, it's 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 so important, you know, and I know we always say this about various surveys and, and consultations, but this really is such uh, a huge piece of work you know I mean it's one of the one of the, probably one of the most significant um, reforms in social care that we're likely to see um, you know uh, in our lifetime you know and uh, without sounding too overdramatic um, and it's so important it's so important that the people for whom this national care service is intended for are the ones that feed in to exactly how it should look like because that's what it's intended for you know um, so please, please do, um, please do, uh, you know, feed into the consultation, uh, whichever way you can. And you, you've led nicely into my next question, actually, which is, you know, we've talked about respite and we've talked about what social care is, but there are there are other things that are covered in the in the consultation, and, and we don't need to go into any depth at all about what that. But there's things like um, uh, care workers as well and, and staff involved, so that's in there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you said, the consultation is huge and there's no expectation that everybody should respond to every aspect of the consultation. And, and I think, as you quite rightly said at the start, Katie, for carers, there are some key aspects in the consultation which are probably more important and more relevant. So things about, you know, um, let us know what you think about the right to respite. You know, let us know what you think about the scope of the National Care Service. You know, do you think it's 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 going to be useful or if it's right for them to also include a whole range of other services. So it's not just about adult social care, it's about children's services. Um, you know, the National Care Service is also talking about um, overseeing, for example, alcohol and drug services, um, also overseeing some mental health services as well. Um, so there's a whole range of um, different services beyond adult social care, which may or may not form part of the National Care Service. It's so important that people feed into that as well. And as you quite rightly said, there's, you know, there's a whole element of what does the National Care Service mean for the workforce? Um, and although carers may not necessarily have, um, you know, much to say about that at, at the moment, you know, I guess it's important to know that that's also a huge part of how this National Care Service will um will be formed and also the stuff about you know I was going to say the boring stuff but it's not really it's important isn't it but stuff around regulation um uh commissioning etc you know all of that stuff um you know if, if carers have an interest in it please do um please do contribute to it um you know not all of us do have an interest in it but <laughs> so if they do want to contribute we'll move on to how, how people get involved so they I'm sure they'll be fascinated by all these things and they'll all want to yeah. contribute so, what, so. What, what should they do? How do, how do they right. get involved um, in the consultation? So this is where, where, where um, you're going to come in handy here, Katie, because I'm going to reel off a whole bunch of things, but I, I guess you're going to probably post the links when this podcast goes out. So um, so in terms of what Katie's going to do, um, so one of the, the, one of the, the, the first things that we've done is, um, as I said right at the start, the, the consultation is a huge 
piece of document. It's quite complex, if I'm being quite honest, in some parts. Um, you know, it was um, put together, uh, you know, to try and almost everything and anything to do with the National Care Service was 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 put together into this uh, document um, and it's it's not an easy read. We have produced, so the Coalition of Carers along with the other national carer organisations have put together a couple of briefing sheets to try and explain um, what the consultation is about and also what the sort of the key um, proposals within the National Care Service are. So these um, briefing sheets are about, you know, three or four pages long each, and they can be downloaded from the website that um, Katie will put up. Um, the other thing is we've also been doing, as I said, um, is we've been extracting some of the key elements of the consultation and creating many consultations, you know, because we it's so important for us to hear from carers and we don't want carers to be put off by the sort of the, you know, sort of the length of the consultation and some of the questions which are quite complex. So we've simplified some of the questions. And as I said last week, we focused on the right to respite. So these polls are only going to be open, um, you know, usually a week at a time, um, so the right to respite poll has now closed. Um, we did end up getting, I can't remember, I've already told you this, we had 997 responses, I think, um, which is huge um, in the space of a week. So this week we're going to be launching um, the second of our surveys and this survey will be specifically about the scope of the National Care Service. So, you know, there'll be a, about four questions. Again, it's a three minute survey, so it shouldn't take people too long. And we'll be asking you things like, um, what uh, what what services should be part of the national care service? Um, you know, should um, and do you agree with the proposal that um, the national care service should be the responsibility of a uh, Scottish government rather than local authorities? So some of those big questions. So it's as I said, a really short survey. So that will go out this week. Um, I will forward you the link to that um katie it will be on our social media so it will be on our facebook page the coalition of carers facebook page um probably launch tomorrow i reckon um we're just waiting for the go ahead um we've got all the questions ready to go so that'll be up for about a week it's so important again that carers feed into this um you know let us know um you know what you think should be the scope of the national care service um as well as the uh, short surveys we also have a number of events coming up that i think would be really relevant to carers so there's the carers parliament next week on the 4th and the 5th of october there will be a series of workshop sessions work workshop sessions um so based on the National Care Service. So there'll be a number of opportunities throughout um, the 4th and the 5th of October for carers to um, register for one of these sessions. And again, um, Katie will send out the link to how you can register for these events. Um, if you if you need if you need any of these links, Katie, please do uh, let me know, and I can forward those to you um, if you don't already have them. On the seventh of October is the actual um, main event, the Car Carers Parliament main event, and that'll be a really good opportunity for carers to come along and hear directly from the minister himself, and to hear from other key people who are involved around um, the care service, national care service, um, to hear some of their. Um, takes and views on how they see the National Care Service being rolled out. 
Um, and the Coalition of Carers, so that's um, the organisation that I work for, we also have uh, an event for carers on the 20th of October, which will be focused entirely on the National Care Service as well. So um, we haven't um, opened registration for that yet, but registration will open in the next week or so. So carers, obviously it's a free event for carers, carers can come along. Um, we'll be asking, uh, doing hearing from a couple of key people around what the National Care Service means, for carers, um, what it means from a sort of third sector um, perspective as well, and from the perspective of care providers, and um, and doing some quick polls with carers as well at that event to kind of get a sense of what they think about the various proposals, um, and also just gives carers a chance to to hear firsthand um, from from other carers, but also I guess other people within the sector as to what the thinking is around the National Care Service. Um, and uh, and I guess as well as that, um, I don't know, Katie, whether you guys are doing any local sessions that you want to. Yeah. We haven't got any planned okay. now, so whether some come out of the woodwork, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I guess it's it's you know if carers if it's an issue that carers are interested in, I'm sure if, if they let you know, then it's something that you guys could probably um, help facilitate. Yeah, we certainly um, could. Yeah, and again, you know, the offer is always there. Claire or myself can are, are, are happy to come along, um, and and you know facilitate any of your sessions if if that was at all useful. So um, please don't hesitate to let us know that if if. The, you know, we can help you with that at all. But um, but yeah, I think at a local level, you know, um, continue having those conversations, you know, either through your local forums, you know, or if you have any concerns or questions about the, the you know, what's in the consultation, um, contact, you know, contact Katie and her team. I'm sure they'd be happy to have a chat with you. About I, love, I love I've got a team now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah so those are a range of different ways there also there, there are also a number of events and um, being hosted by um the scottish government team themselves and again uh, the dates and timings of that are on the consultation page itself so those events tend to be slightly busier and uh, bigger uh, you know they're, they're useful places to go and sort of get a sense of what key um the key discussion points and key concerns perhaps are for people it can sometimes be difficult to um i guess have your voice heard um at those because they're so huge you know um but certainly you know do go along if there's an area about area within the consultation that you would like to hear more about um so yeah so that, that's a whole range of different ways in which people can um you know get involved um, you know, sort of learn more about what this National Care Service is all about and also contribute their uh, views uh, about what they'd like to see from the National Care Service. Thank you very much, Shvan, and you've set me a challenge with all these events happening next week, so we need to really hopefully speedily get this podcast out there. <laughs> so apologies, folks, if, if it's gone, if the dates have gone, I, I apologise now, it meant I, we couldn't get it quickly enough. <laughs> But I will, I will let people know certainly um, about what's what's happening. Um, so I think hopefully from from listening to that, that that people will realise this is something that is it is directly relevant to carers, and that they, they really the more they can find out about it and get involved and and feed their views in, whatever they might be. Um, it might your view might not be the same as as 
the person that you talk to at a carers cafe or something like that, that's absolutely fine. We want all those all those views in there. Um, so thank you very much, Shabana, for that uh, excellent explanation of what's going on. Um, I've I say I've learned as well. So hopefully everybody else will have. Um, and thank you, Katrina, for for joining me and, and co-hosting today. Um, and at that, I think we will draw the the, the conversation to an end. Um, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again um, in sometime in the future. Thank you very much and goodbye.